Parashas Lech Lecha teaches us a lot about the life of Abraham Avinu. One of the less understood stories that the Parashat describes to us is uh, what's called the Brisbane Absarim. The covenant HaKadosh Baruch makes with Hashem. And the Torah prefaces that with Abraham asking, how do I now I'm going to have children? And Hashem taking him out above the stars and guaranteeing him children. And then the second question Abraham Avinu asks is, how do I know that my children will inherit Eretz Israel? And in response to that, Hashem tells him to take various animals and to by Yavasaros and Batavich to split them in half and that was the the situation in which Hashem makes the covenant called Bena Besorim between this, these parts of the animals that he's going to give Abraham Eretz Yisrael. What was the covenant necessary for what was it meant to signify with these animals? And on that the Gemara in Tainus and the Chavzayin fills in a little bit of the background to the story. Let's learn the Gemara together and try and understand what the Gemara says. And the Gemara says, Tanis the Chuzayin, that Avram says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, after Hashem has promised him that he's going to give him children and he'll inherit Eretz Yisrael. And Avram says to Hashem, Shema Yechtu Banai, maybe my sons will sin and you'll do to them like you did to the Dara Mabul, the Dara Palaga. That they were destroyed. Amalai Lab. Akhadish Baruch says, No, I won't do that. And on that, Avram Avinu asks Hashem, How do I know that they won't suffer the same fate as the Dara Mabul and the Dara Palaga? In other words, if there's a Miras Hadin, and that's what those generations deserved. So if Kali Yisrael has to get to the point where they deserve a similar fate, how do I know what happened to them? And the Gemara says, Amalei B'schus HaKarbanas. Hashem says to him, in the schus of the Karbanas that Kali Yisrael will bring. And that the Gemara learns the Pasuk of bringing these various animals, that each of them is a, represents some of the different kinds of Karbanas Kali Yisrael will bring. The Egla Meshulashas, Rashi tells us, refers to the power of the Kohen Gadol. The, the three goats refer to the goats of Yom Kippur and other Korbanas, selling the Ayel. So in the Schus of the Korbanas, Klai Yisrael won't be destroyed. And Avram's not done yet. And he says to HaKadosh Baruch HaTainach, when the Dvanish Baisamikdash Kayim, at a time the Besamirus exists, then Klaus will bring Karbanus. But what about Vizvancha and Besamikdash Kayim? When there's no Besamikdash and therefore we aren't afforded the opportunity to bring Karbanus. What then will make sure that Klaus will, even if they get to the situation where they deserve to be destroyed, that there won't be this fate which is awaiting them? And Anarashim answers him, they already decided that when Klai Yisrael learn about the Karbanas, Hashem will consider it as if they brought the Karbanas, that will be a source of forgiveness for them. On this, the Gemara doesn't bring a Pasuk 
in the discussion of the Brisbane Absar. Rashi even asks, I don't know where Chazal saw this in the parsha. The reference to the Korbanus, that's the Pasuk of Hashem telling Moshe to bring these various animals. But where do we see the continuation of the dialogue in the parsha? That even when there's no Korbanus, Klai Yisrael's learning the parsha of the Korbanus will stand in its stead. And Rashi leaves it as a question. That's one question we'd like to think about. But the more important question, and that is to understand the dialogue. What is it about the Korbanus that ensures Klai will survive even if they've gotten to the stage where they deserve to be destroyed? So to answer that question, let's start with the tremendous observation of history. Abraham Avinu looks back at the generations before him and he sees different people doing things wrong. He saw Adam Arishan. Adam Arishan sinned. And even though Adam Arishan was threatened that in the day you sin, most Thomas you're going to die, Lemaisa Kodesh Baruch Hu treats Adam very generously. He gives him a thousand years of life. He isn't punished completely, he isn't destroyed straight away. Similarly, Cain sins. And even though Cain's Avera was a tremendously bad Avera, a terrible Avera of bloodshed, and the punishment should that, for that should have been that Cain would have been killed right away. But he wasn't. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was very forgiving. And he gives him seven generations until he's going to the, the blood of hell is going to be avenged. And yet, Abram looks back in history and he sees the Dharam Abu. And when HaKadosh Baruch Hu came to the decision that this generation is sinful, this generation is going to be destroyed. So those were the people who were destroyed. Hashem gave them time to do children. But Hashem didn't wait for future generations. They themselves were the ones who were destroyed. Similarly by the Dara Palaga. That generation which built the tower, Hashem didn't wait. They, they themselves were the ones who were punished. And we see this in the question that Abraham Avinu asks Hashem. Shema yechtu banai, And they will be disturbing of punishment like the Dara Mabla Dara Palaga. Abraham didn't just ask, maybe my sons will soon deserve to be punished. But Abraham says, maybe they'll be punished like the Dara Mabla Dara Palaga. Which means... Not like Adam was punished. Not like Cain was punished. But they were given time. And they weren't destroyed completely. But how do I know they won't get to the stage of the punishment which will be an absolute punishment? The punishment similar to that of the Dara Mabam and the Dara Palag. And we have to ask the question, what was actually different about this, the fate which was allocated to the Dara Mabu and the Dara Palaga different to the Chait of Adam and the Chait of Cain where we don't find they were punished that way but to do that let's look at a fascinating difference between two Psukim which seem to be very similar the one Pasuk is the Pasuk which introduces the Mabu to us 
the pasuk where Hashem makes a decision that mankind has become so bad that they deserve to be destroyed. And the pasuk says the end of Hashem's parashas, "Vayar Hashem kirabu ra'as adam ba'aretz v'chol yetzer machshav v'esliboi rak rak halayom." The decision to destroy people is because he saw that people's machshavas were rak rak halayom. Just bad the whole day long. That was the, so to speak, the facts which indicted humanity. That they just bad all day. They're only thinking of wrath. Now that we can understand. But we see after the marble, and after Nach emerges the sole survivor of the marble, he comes out of the table, and he brings the carbon to Asha. And it says, "Vayarach Hashem Israel Chanichayach." Hakadosh Baruch Hu accepts favorably the carbon of Noach. And as a result of that, Hakadosh Baruch Hu decides, "I'm never going to bring a mabul again." And why am I not going to bring a mabul again? So the pasuk gives the reasons. Hashem Tavakah Yimashchus Esaaris Bavura Adam. Why? Ki Yetzer Leiv Adam Ramin Uvarov. The reason why I'm not going to destroy the world is because people are so bad. It's because the answer of a person is bad from his youth. And now we have a question. Does this become a reason to destroy people or not to destroy people? When Hashem gave a reason why He wanted to destroy the world, the reason was because people are so bad. They deserve to be destroyed. And when Hashem wants to give a reason not to destroy the world, so Hashem says the reason not to destroy the world is because people are so bad. How does it make sense that such a similar argument can be used in both directions? In other words, the argument why not to destroy people is because you have to understand people are the Yetzirah. And the argument to destroy people is because the Yetzirah is so bad. Does that make sense? It sounds like a very similar point being brought in both directions. Let me first ask this. I want to suggest an answer. I want to suggest an answer. That is, there's a very big difference. Because the difference is that here, Nayak brought the carbon. And as, as the passage begins, Bayarach Hashem Israel Nikhayach, Akadish Baruch accepted the carbon. And having accepted the carbon, Akadish Baruch's response was to look at people in a way which is favorable. Whereas, before the Mabel, there was no carbon. And if that's the case, HaKadosh Baruch was looking at people critically. And if you're looking at them, it's Sadin. Then, the fact that people are so bad is a reason to destroy them. But if you're looking at them from a different perspective favorably then that same factor can be used as a, as a means to ameliorate the din we have to give more allowance for a person because they have such a bad Yetzirah and if that's the you side then we can go back and answer our first question as well what was the difference between Adam and Noach? And Cain, I'm sorry, on the one side. 
that their punishment wasn't complete. They weren't destroyed. They were treated very leniently compared to what they deserved. And the answer is because Adam brought a carbon. Chazal says in the words, There should be more favorable to Hashem than the shor par. Than the ox which was created as a fully grown ox. And that was only by Maisa Bereshis. When HaKadosh Baruch created each creature at its full size. And that was a shor shehikri of Adam Arishan. Adam brought a carbon. Similarly, Cain brought a carbon. Hashem didn't maybe accept this carbon, but Cain brought a carbon. And if Adam brought a carbon and Cain brought a carbon, they weren't destroyed. Whereas the Dara Hamabu were Rishayim, we don't find they brought any carbonis. The Dara Paloga exactly the opposite. They came to fight with Hashem. The Gemara says it's one of the reasons they built their tower. They didn't bring carbonis. And therefore, for those Dairis who sinned, but there was no carbon, they got destroyed. But for Adam, for Cain, who did bring carbonus, they didn't get destroyed. Even if they did Averis, it wasn't an absolute punishment. And that's Hashem's answer to Avram Avinu. When Avram says to him, Hashem yechtu banai, and I'll be deserved destruction, like a Dora Mabu, like a Dora Paloga, and Hashem says, no. Hashem, Avram says, how do I know? Hashem says, I'll bring Karbanas. And why does the carbon make a difference? What's the understanding in that? Why when a person brings a carbon is he no longer destroyed? And I want to suggest an answer based on the principle in Halacha. There's a principle in Halacha that something which is used for a mitzvah and now it's done using it for the mitzvah then the item can be discarded. The hadassim that a person is on circus. Once the is finished, can be thrown away. The wicks that a person used for the Venera, once Hanukkah is finished, can be thrown away. In the words of the Haposkim, Tashmisha Mitzvah Nizrakim. The accessories used for a mitzvah can be thrown away. But the Allah is Tashmisha Kedusha Einan Nizrakim. Something which was used for something which is called Kodosh, that can't be thrown away. That even after it's been used, it retains Kedusha. And therefore the straps of the Tefillin, for example, the Tefillin may have worn out and are no longer usable. But one can't discard those straps. They were an accessory not just to a mitzvah. They're an accessory to something of Kedusha. And if that's the case, they retain Kedusha. They have to be treated in a certain way of respect. They can't be discarded. And in a similar way, something which was used in the service of the Beis Hamikdash, it wasn't just a Tashmishal Mitzvah. It was a Tashmishal Kedusha. When it comes to the Karbanas, the things which were used for the Karbanas were Kaddish, were sanctified by the fact that they were used for the Beis Hamikdash. They were used in Avodah Sashem. And therefore they can't just be discarded. They retain Kedusha. And if that's true for an object which was used in the carbon, whether it's the utensil to hold the blood, whether it's 
the knife which did the shechita. Something used in the base of Mikdash at Kedusha, then we can understand that the person who brings the carbon has Kedusha too. He's also an integral part of bringing a carbon. And if that's the case, he's also Miskadish. He also becomes Kadish. And if that's the case, then just like any of the other accessories to a carbon can't be destroyed. Similarly, the person who brings the carbon can't be destroyed either. He's also a Kaddish. That's the difference. They'll bring Karbanos. And when a person is Zaycha to bring a carbon, he's Miss Kaddish. He becomes Kaddish. Like the pastor at the Kohen in Vakidashtoy. The Karbanus, the Kohanim are Kaddish. They're bringing Karbanus. Something Kaddish can't be destroyed. And that's why even if they do things wrong, HaKaddish Baruch Hu is much more lenient in how he judges them. Whereas a person who was never Miskadesh, Adara Mabu, so they do things wrong, they get punished with the full Chomer But we see an added Kaddish it doesn't just apply to the person. It applies to the place. A place where a carbon was brought also retains Kedusha. Just like the base of Mikdash where the Shechina never leaves. It was a place where Avodah was done. Similarly, when Anoyach brings the carbon, Hashem says, I'll never destroy the world again. Kanir Anoyach's carbon has an effect that it was Makadesh the place, the world, that will never be destroyed again for the sins of people. So that's the first part of the Gemara. But the Gemara is the second part too. Avraham Avinu asks, Tainach, those people who are Zechot to bring Korbanus, who lived in the base of Megdash, then they'll have the Schus of bringing a Korban, they'll be Miskadesh of the Korban. And even though we find that the Dairis before the Khurban were deserving of the structure of Hashem, didn't destroy them. He punished them. He exiled them. The Kaisal weren't destroyed. But Avram Avina asks, what about those Dairis which don't have Korbanus? What are they going to do? And Akkadish Baruch's answer to him is that learning the Pasha of the Korbanus has a similar effect. It's similar to bringing Korbanus. Let's explain that. The Mepharshim on how the Shas was built on the Seder of Gemara asked a question. We know that there's six orders of Mishnah. Zrayim, regarding all the things which grow from the ground in Eretz Yisrael, Mayad about the Yomim Tovim, Nashim about marriage, Nazikin, about money cases, Kodshim about the Karbanas and the Taras, about the requirements of how to be taught. We know that the Amarayim, the, the Gedolim of the generations following the Mishnah learned all six. We find the comments of the Amarayim on every topic in Shas. Why is it then when Rav Ashi was Messiah of the Gemara? He only was Messiah of the Gemara on four of those six stories. Mayad, Nashim, Nizikim, and Kachim. With the exception of Brachos, there's no, there's no Gemara which was which was set up on the rest of the Mesechtas of Nazrat. 
With the exception of Nida, there was no Gemara set up on the rest of the Masechus of Tyrus. Why not? It wasn't for lack of topics of discussion that the Maraim had. And we can ask another question. The Talmud Yerushalmi? There is a Talmud Yerushalmi on Zerayim. And there's also no Yerushalmi on Tyrus. And the answer is, Mufarshim say, because Rav Ashi was Messiah of the Gemara on those Mesechels which were the That's where he wanted people to primarily focus their learning on those Mesechels which were the And therefore, Zerayim, the halachas of brachos or lemaisa, he wrote the mesecht on that. But the halachas of the rest of the dinim, which apply to Eretz Yisrael, didn't apply in Babel. So he didn't write gemaras on the other mesechtas in Israel. The Yerushalmi, which was written in Eretz Yisrael, where those halachas were applicable, so there's a Yerushalmi on Israel too. It's a merely moed. The halachas of the moedim. The halachas of marriage, the halachas of money are applicable everywhere. And that's why there's a Bavli in that. But if that's the case, why did he write a Gemara on Kochim? In the time period that Amaraim lived was after the Kharban, there were no Korbanists. He didn't write on Tyrus because Tyrus wasn't practical. He didn't have a Paradom. Why did he write on Kochim? And the Mephoshim answered because we have this principle. A person who learns about a Korban is lucky for a Korban. And therefore, one can bring korbanis by learning about them. We don't find that by the parts of Torah. It doesn't say anywhere that if a person learns about Hilchas Mikvah, it's like he went to the Mikvah. It's specifically about korbanis. Why? And this is the Yisait. Because the Maila bringing a korban is a person becomes Kodesh like a korban. He's Miskadesh in the Kodesh of a korban. He's a part of the Avodah Hashem by bringing a carbon. And that Maila a person gets from learning the Torah of the carbon too. Because the Torah is the source of that Kedusha. And therefore by learning about the carbon, a person gets the Kedusha as if he had brought the carbon. That's what Hashem is telling Abraham. Hashem says to Abraham, you should know that if your children are going to learn about the carbonists, they're going to have the mail of bringing Karbonus to. Rashi asked the question, where is this alluded to in the Parsha? The Gemara doesn't bring any psukim about this. Where do we see this next stage of the discussion? I'd like to suggest, from the same pasuk the Gemara brought before, Hashem tells Abraham, bring three bullocks and three rams and three goats. To, as a remiss to the korbanos which are going to be brought in the future. And Hashem doesn't say bring them as korbanos. Hashem says bring these animals, they're a symbol to the korbanos. Hashem doesn't say now go and bring it as a korban. On the contrary, Avram Avinu did not bring it as a korban. He split them in half. That's not the word of korbanos. What Hashem was saying is bring the animals of korbanos and you can have the effect even if you can't be marked them as a korban. Learning about the Karbanas. You don't have to actually bring them as a Karban. The bris, the bris about this, these animals which were split in half are specifically when they weren't brought as a Karban. That's the limit for this part, I think. Discussing the Karbanas. 
learning about the Qurbanis has the effect of making that press even if they aren't being actually sacrificed as Qurbanis. And like we said, just like it's Makadish the person, it's Makadish the place. And the Gemara tells us that every base medrash, every place, every yeshiv, every kodal where they learn, those places will be transported to Eretz Yisrael too. Because the learning of the Torah in that place is Makadish the place as well. And something which is Makadish, Makudish, can't be distracted. That's the Oymek, or a little bit of the Oymek, of the Brisbane Abbasari. Hashem was telling Abraham Avinu, the guarantee for the future of Klai Yisra, the guarantee that Klai Yisra will never be destroyed, is that Klai Yisra will become Kaddish. And by being Kaddish in Tashmish Kedusha and in Israqi, then they can't be destroyed. And how will Kaddish become Kaddish? There are two ways. Either by bringing Karbanis. Kaddishim. Which is Makadish the carbon, and it's Makadish the person that brings the carbon. And if that's not an option, by learning the Torah of the Karbanis. Because that also has in its power to be Makadish the person that learns it. Like in the words of the Mepharshim, if the person is learning Torah, he's Makadish Bektushasli Yisbarach. That makes him Kaddish too. And when a person is Kaddish, then he can't be destroyed. He may be punished, like Adam, like Cain will be punished. But he won't be punished like the Dara Mabal and Dara Palaga. When he's Kaddish, and Kaddish Baruch looks at him favorably. And then he's guaranteed to survive.